This podcast is a service of Bridgeway Community Church in Rockford, Michigan. Thanks for listening. Here's today's message. I just want to say I'm grateful that I get to actually be a part of this family. I, I like to say that because I feel like we are, in ways, a family here at Bridgeway. You guys do a lot of things, and, and I wanted to remind you just of a couple that you do. First, there's a team here that prays for us. There's a team that, that they are just our prayer warriors, and people will send in prayer requests, and they take those seriously, and we, we devote time to that. That's something that you do as a church. And, and another thing that you guys have been doing is you've just been trying to care for each other and for our community. And I think that, that those are two qualities that I love and that are a part of a family. So I, I just say thanks for that. It's, it's really awesome for me to be a part of that, um, to be part of a, a community that does that for each other. Now, I don't know if you know this about me. Uh, growing up, I was a part of a, a family, a big family. I had eight kids in our family. Any other big families in the room? Oh, yeah, we've got a couple of us. There we go. Thank you. So this will resonate with you a little bit. Um, so with a family of eight kids, uh, the nice thing about eight is that we were able to split into teams pretty easy and play sports or activities. You could split up and do that. We'd have a lot of fun. The other thing is, is if somebody wronged you, it was easy to just go and find somebody else to be with and not talk to them for a little bit, get your space, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of the benefits of the big family. But the other thing is, is that there were a lot of shenanigans that would happen. And I'm going to, I apologize right now. I'm going to talk to my mom. She's probably watching this online. Mom, sorry. Dad, sorry. That was mostly me, okay? I apologize right now. Um, because the, shenanigan, the shenanigans really do happen, and they happen a lot. But the crazy, the crazy and the bad part is that shenanigans sometimes, they go a little bit too far, right? We take the shenanigans and we make it into something real and some serious hurt can happen. And that's not only in families. That can happen with your friends. I mean, that can happen with your coworkers. That can happen in any relationship that we're a part of, that it can go a little bit too far. Now, um, before I get into it, if you don't mind just cracking open your, your Bible on your device or on your paper copy, we're going to be in Genesis 50 today. And as you get there, I'm going to go ahead and just give you a little bit of backstory because you got to hear about this guy, Joseph, before we get to the story. So Joseph, he's in the Bible, and it's quite a few chapters, so I'm going to try and summarize it the best that I can. So Joseph is one of 12 sons, and he's born to Jacob, whose name is also Israel. They become the 12 tribes of Israel. That's just for context for those of you that are into that kind of stuff. Let me talk to you about some of the issues, though, that were in his family and some of the issues that Joseph faced. So, and maybe you can relate with one of these. One day, Joseph, he's a younger brother. Notice I say younger because I think this is, might be typical of younger brothers um, or younger sisters. Is He comes home and he tells his dad what his brothers have been up to. And you can guess what that was, nothing good. And so he's getting, his, he's getting his brothers in trouble. Now, it just says it like that. So I don't know if this was one time or this is something that Joseph just kind of did every once in a while. Hey, Dad, you know what they've been up to? So anybody, anybody ever had that in their family, maybe done that? I'm guilty. I'm raising my hand. I did it. <laughs> uh, especially when it meant that somebody else that was bothering me was going to get in trouble a little bit. I might have done that. Sorry, Mom. You might hear that a couple times. There's a few times I probably should say sorry to my mom and my dad. 
Uh, the other one, another one that happens is, so he's down the road, he's, um, he ends up coming home to his brothers, and he's like, hey, guys, guess what? I had a dream, and he does this twice. I had a dream, and, and you know what? You guys all bow down to me. It's awesome. Isn't that great? You can imagine this. He's the second youngest brother, and he's telling his older brothers, hey, sorry, guys, I'm going to be the big man, and you're going to follow me around. I'm not doing this following you stuff anymore. Well, the nerve, right? A younger sibling coming up and saying that kind of thing. I can, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, and I can kind of think of it a little bit like, is the youngest, the younger guys, the younger guys going to be in charge? Come on now. So in Genesis 37, you don't have to turn there, but I'll just tell you, Jacob said that he loved Joseph more than any of the other um, brothers or sister. He loved him the most. Now. In our day, if somebody says that, right, like that's, we don't say that. We don't have favorites, right? We don't have favorites here. Um, but that was said, right? Jacob is the most, or I'm sorry, Joseph is the most loved and he, and he demonstrates this. He goes one and up above and beyond and he gives him this brightly colored coat, which I see a lot of nice coats in the room today. They're very, very nice. But it was a little bit different at that time. If you had a really nice coat, this was not only just a symbol, but this was something you probably only had one of. You didn't have a wardrobe of 16 coats or outfits in your closet. You had one. And if you, like when the Bible talks about giving the cloak off your back to somebody, that's a big deal. It's like you're giving your whole coat. You don't just go to Walmart or Meyer or the North Face outlet and you, or the Tanger. Any Tanger fans? Tanger? How do you say that? Tanger? Tanger? Outlets. You don't just go there and pick up another coat. This takes time. So it's a big deal for him to get this really nice coat. And you had better believe his brothers noticed, right? I mean, put yourself in these shoes for a second. You notice when the siblings or somebody else gets a nice car or a nicer phone or maybe it's a nicer ring or maybe it was just this past week and you counted the gifts and you noticed somebody else might have gotten a few more gifts. Anybody do that one? Counted the gifts when they were a kid? My little brother did. I didn't do that. I would never count the gifts. I would never shake them and see whose was bigger or better. <laughs> um, but as we think of that, that, that happens, right? That's, that, that happens. We, we tend to go there quick and to think of who might be the favorite. Now it says at this point that his brother's can't say a kind word to him. No, I, I went the other way with this. Because if they're not saying a kind word, they're probably saying a bad word. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into what the bad words might have been. I'm going to let your mind figure out what those were. You probably can think of it. Um, about some names that they were probably calling their brother if they didn't like him very much. Now, they finally have had enough. And they're out in a field together, all 12, well, all 11 of them. And they see their brother coming. And they're like, all right, we got a plan. Let's get rid of this guy. And they, they take this to the extreme. So I want to prepare you for that. They take it to the extreme. This doesn't happen all the time. But in this story, it does. They're like, okay, we're done with him. We're done with his shenanigans. We're done with his higher than thou. We're going to kill him and we're going to throw him into a pit. And then we'll just tell dad that he was, you know, mauled by an animal and our problems will be gone. We'll be happy. And they're about to do this, right? 
and they see some traders coming down the road, and they're like, hey, wait, actually, hang on, wait a second, <laughs> I got a good idea. Instead of doing that, let's not kill him. We can make some money off of this, right? Let's, it's the same thing. Let's, we might as well fill our pockets as well. We'll just throw them in the pit, and then, we'll leave, and then when they get over here, we'll sell them. You guys ever done this before? You ever thought about selling a sibling? <laughs> Anybody actually ever do this? They put their little sibling in a box and write their name on it. I thought, I, I'm going to be honest, I might have thought about that. Sorry, siblings, and sorry, mom and dad again. I apologize. I, I might have done that one. Um, but they, they, they actually did this. <laughs> they actually, and not just sold them to another family, they sold them to some slavers, some people that enslaved Joseph. Joseph spends his next years working as a slave for an Egyptian um, leader. And in that time, he ends up getting falsely accused of a crime. He gets thrown in prison. And I'm going to pause this in the background story right here. Because I wonder what, his, what Joseph's thinking. It doesn't tell us then what Joseph is thinking, but I can tell you right now what I'd be thinking. These jerk brother. I mean, whatever I'd be saying, like, it'd be running through my head. I'd be real mad at my brothers at that point, and I'd be blaming them. I'd go there quick. I don't know if Joseph did that. I wonder what the brothers are thinking at this point. Were they, were they still mad? Or were they happy? They're like, oh, yes. We got rid of them. My grudge is satisfied. I'm all good now. I wonder what they were thinking and what they were feeling. Now, like, now, after this is by a crazy sequence of events, um, Joseph ends up serving Pharaoh and being put in second command, second in command after him. So it changes for him. But I can empathize with this sibling rivalry. Maybe you can. You probably caught that a little bit as I'm talking. I can empathize with this sibling rivalry, especially when somebody starts claiming that they're bigger or they're faster or they're stronger. I'm going to tell you a story here about me and my little brother. So we were at a Thanksgiving uh, a few years back, and my little brother went to Grand Valley. We both actually went to Grand Valley um, State University as a college around here, and he played football for them. Now, growing up, we played a lot of football together, and he played football a little bit for them, and so... We're, he comes back, we're going to all play football together, me and my brothers and some of their kids. And the ball, we're, we come to this play, the ball is getting thrown to my brother. Now, it's one of these moments where I'm like, I'm not guarding him because I don't know why I wasn't, but I wasn't. And um, I see the ball and I'm like, okay, I can cut this off and get it. I know I can and let's be honest, it's time for me to put him in his place. Great, you played for Grand Valley. <laughs> that kind of a moment, I'm like... He's going he's gonna to find out that I'm still the bigger brother. And this is all running through my head fast as I see the ball coming. So I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. I'm running at the ball. And I go for it. And instead of getting the ball, my tooth connects with his face. <laughs> I'm not going to show you the picture of that. If you want to see that, you can come see me afterwards. But to save you for, um, from any squeamish stomachs, my tooth, though, Ended up being cracked. So you can see this later. I'm, I'm pretty upset about it. I mean, come on. The nerve of that guy, he breaks my tooth? Are you serious? Some people. But he also, he ended up, I mean, he took a pretty big gash in the face. He had some blood coming down and ended up getting some stitches for it. Needless to say, he's not here to defend himself, so it's my story. 
Um, needless to say, he did not catch the ball, and we were winning at that point. So, point made. <laughs> Anyways, that, but isn't that, isn't that how families kind of go sometimes, right? That's, that in our, in our bad moments, in our moments where we let ourselves go, that we, we can go there. Now, when this kind of thing happens, we kind of expect it to roll out this way. Somebody's right in this situation. Somebody's wrong. Somebody comes along and says, you're right, you're wrong. You guys say sorry. Here's the consequence. And you move on. That's how we hope things happen when somebody's wronged. In my situation, we had a little bit of natural consequences. And you better believe that next time if we do the same thing, if I do the same thing, sorry, Mom, if I do the same thing, we're going to have the same consequences. But we'll be able to move on. What holds you back from wanting to forgive something or someone? What holds you back? And maybe you're thinking for a moment, you're like, Mike, your story wasn't that, ba that bad. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Or maybe you're like, it was holding me back. Is that maybe you felt like forgiveness is, is actually, forgiving people is, is weak. It's a sign of weakness. That if I forgive them, I'm being weak. Or maybe... You felt like the person doesn't deserve it. Or maybe you feel like you've tried forgiveness and it doesn't seem to be working. Well, let's talk, let's pause for a second here. Let's talk about what forgiveness is and what it's not. So forgiveness is different than getting things back to normal. So you have to separate those two, right? You can forgive somebody because that's what's commanded in the Bible. If you opened, if you looked in the Bible, it's all over the place. But Luke 17, 3 and 4 talk about it pretty specifically. God commands us to forgive. And he's made us to be in a right relationship, in good relationship. First with him and then with each other. But it's different. He's commanded us to forgive. He wants us to be reconciled, to bring things back to normal. But sometimes, in extreme cases... Or in certain cases, that can't happen. Now, before you just go, oh, that's me. <laughs> can't happen. Be careful because that's the, that's the way we want to go. But it, the, like I said, it's extreme. It's not for every situation. God's design and what he really wants is he wants us to move towards making things right. But he commands us to forgive. So let's jump in the story here. Because in reality, if I were in Joseph's shoes... I would have a really hard time forgiving, right? You're sold into slavery? Are you kidding me? That seems like a big deal. That would be one that I'd be going, yeah, I don't know if we're going to reconcile this one. Sorry, guys. So let's read uh, Genesis 50. We're going to be in verse 14 and 15. After he buried his father Joseph, after he buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw their, that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil we did. So Jacob just died. They finished burying him, which, by the way, is a really long process in that time. And now the brothers are like, maybe Joseph was just being nice because dad was around. And they're wondering that. Maybe he hasn't really forgiven us. You've ever been in one of these situations, 
right, where somebody has told you, hey, I forgive you, it's all good. But you go away and you're like, did they, did they really forgive me? Did they? Or maybe, maybe you're in one of those spots where maybe you're, you haven't quite forgiven. You said you forgave them, but you haven't quite forgiven them. And this is sometimes hard to identify in our own in ourselves. So um, I turned to a book of that I uh, was able to take up a little bit this week. It's by Lisa Turkhurst. It's called For- "Forgiving What You Can't Forget," um, and she she says this. She says, "If you do these things that you haven't really forgiven yet, do you? So maybe maybe you do one of these. Do you secretly celebrate when something bad happens to them?" Do you assume that they will only do bad things? Are you easily annoyed by them? When you tell the story, do you try to convince others of how wronged you were? Do you hope for the day when you get to lay out the proof? I mean, come on. (laughs) Hey, here's your case. You hope for the day when you get to lay out the proof and get them to admit it. Or can you do this? Can you manage your emotions and when, when good things happen to them? Can you look for the good in other people? Can you look for life lessons instead of grudges? Can you think through what hurt they might have had that led them to this? This is a sign that you actually have forgiven if you can do those things. Let's jump back into these verses here. Verse 16, so they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. I don't know about you, but when I read that, it kind of makes me think of my kids. It sounds like something that they would do. Hey, daddy, ah, ah. Yeah, so so you said that he has to forgive me, right? Like he can't he can't come and hit me as well, <laughs> right? It sounds like something that they might concoct. Hey, hey Brooks, hey Brooks, you can't you can't beat me up right now because Dad said you have to forgive me. I wonder. I mean, in my mind, I I kind of wonder where they're at with this. They might be doing that, and I wonder honestly if his brothers really have forgiven. We're flipping it around here because the brothers, they probably felt a little bit wronged. They might have felt like Joseph was being prideful. And maybe Joseph was from time to time. I don't know. I wasn't there. But you wonder. You wonder about that. And they're obviously expecting that Joseph is still holding on to a grudge. And here's the thing about grudges. Grudges are toxic. Now, we know that. I'm going to try and see if I can help prove it to you, though. So grudges are toxic. We think that they're actually hurting the other person, right? We think, oh, my grudge, I'm putting them in their place, and they're going to know. They're going to know by my grudge, by how I'm treating them, that they are in the wrong. They're going to know it. But actually, the grudge ends up hurting you, and it hurts people around you that aren't even associated with it. See, the grudge wants to name you, help name you as wounded. 
and to stay there in your woundedness. And it's okay to, be wo- to feel wounded, but the grudge wants to keep you there. And it hurts, honestly, it hurts to hold on to a grudge, to carry this weight of the grudge. I'm going to share a couple ways that it hurts to hold it and signs you might be holding it and suffering from your own grudge. Are there places you should enjoy, but you just can't, and so you avoid them? Your grudge might be holding you back from that. Are there certain types of people you avoid or you feel anxious around? Do certain, trigger, do certain words trigger you more than they should? Guilty. Maybe I, need to, maybe I need to go back and look at where I should forgive better. Look for this in your life, though. Maybe you, you don't believe me right now, but look for it. I think Joseph has three choices. He can either ignore his brothers at this point. Like, that's great. Yeah, you sent all your stuff. Whatever, I'm out. He can bring the hammer. <laughs> like, let's, let's show them what they really did. Let's give them what they deserve. He could do that route, or he could go the forgiveness route. I think those are his three options, and I think, honestly, that's probably where a lot of our options are. Let's go back to the verses here. As Joseph wept when they spoke to him. We'll keep on going right into verse 18. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. Behold, we are your servants. Now, Joseph wept. That kind of reminds me of the verse in the New Testament when Jesus wept. But I wonder why he's weeping. Why is he crying? I wonder if he comes to a realization at this point that his family is not as in the place that he thought. He had already forgiven them. And maybe he thinks that he's done and passed this, but now he's realizing that these guys, they don't get it yet. They don't get that they're good. They don't get that he's actually forgiven them. Maybe they're still holding on to their grudge and they're still struggling with forgiveness and they still expect him. But either way, we know that Joseph is weeping and this is overwhelming emotion to him. Let's go to 19. Joseph said to them, do not fear for am I in the place of God. Joseph does something here that I only wish I was this quick to do, right? He turns it to God. He decides not to avenge but gives it to God. Wow. (laughs) All these years, all this time. I don't know the process that he might have gone through to get to this point. Do we have any any journalers in the room? I used to journal quite a bit when I was younger. Um, Still do a little bit. But I noticed when I look back, I was looking back recently at my journals, and I tend to journal more when I'm angry (laughs) or when I feel wronged. And it's been good for me. It's been good because I can get out what I'm thinking, I can share my thoughts with myself, and then I can go back and look at it and go, ooh, okay, we're not going to do that. <laughs> it saves me some of, the, some of the pain I could cause. But I, want, I don't know how he got there. I, I wonder that. I wonder how long or, or what. But, but what I do know is that Joseph has a relationship with God. He knows his standing with God. He knows where he is with God, and he knows his place. He is not God. Now, this is a relationship that's not like once a a year we're going to meet up and hang out. This is like a everyday partner 
walking kind of a relationship. I mean, it's got to be, right? Like to turn over whatever frustration or thing you're holding on to that might be in your life. To trust somebody else with that. That's got to be somebody that's close with you. And he doesn't even know Jesus yet. I mean, not like we do, right? You guys and I get to know who Jesus is because we get to know that Jesus has forgiven you, has forgiven you of everything that you've done. And however wronged you feel, we've got to remember what Jesus carried. Jesus carried all of the wrongs we've ever done. Not only in that day that he died where he, he bore a lot of pain, but he bore it for all of us. He demonstrates his love for us in that. He demonstrates how to forgive in that. And I think Joseph, knowing who God is, because God does not change, he knew a little bit of that forgiveness. He knew of who God really is. Now, if you're a guy, we've got something coming up called Man Up. You caught this earlier. It's starting tomorrow. And what I love about this is that we are going to work on this exact thing. We're going to work on our relationship with God. As a group of guys, we're going to break into smaller groups, four to six guys. We're going to dive into a study. We're going to study the word of God. We're going to put it on our minds, and we're going to practice walking and talking with him. And we're going to do this together. We're going to build habits. We're going to train together. We're going to work hard at it because I want to be in a place where I have a relationship with God so that when I get wronged, I can run back to him and trust him with it. I can give it back to him. Verse 20 says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph was able to see how God used his story for good. How he used his hurt for good. Now I want you to think back for a second. You think for that pit. He's sitting, he's sitting in the pit, right? He can't see the road ahead of him. And maybe that's where you're at right now. You're in the pit still. And it's hard to see. But I named this, service, this sermon after this verse, but God meant it for good. But God meant it for good. And that's just a truth that I hold on to that I, that I hope you can hold on to. God meant it for good. In another place in the Bible it says God works for the good of those who love him. Maybe the hurt that you've gone through, the pain, the way that you've been wronged, God is going to use for good. You guys, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I've seen it happen over and over again. And I've seen this part of our God because I, I know him and I love him. That I can trust him with this, that God is going to do something beautiful with your hurt. He wants to. He wants to do something with it, and he wants to redeem it and to make it right. This is the God we serve. Joseph gave up on getting even and trusted that God is the judge, trusted him to deal and to bring the vengeance. He focuses on God's plan. Instead of looking for someone to blame and be angry with, Joseph trusts God. Let's read our last verse for today. 
So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Before I talk about this verse, if I can have the, the band start making their way up here. So I was driving down the highway the other day on 131, and I don't remember because I think I only went by it once, but I saw something that stuck out to me here. I'm going to read it because I want to remember it well, but it said, good people happen to bad things. Good people happen to bad things. I don't know who it is. It's not mine, so I can't take the credit, but I saw it, and I was like, how true is that, really? Like, that's amazing. We need to be doing that. We need to trade the bad that we receive for good. We've got to stop the cycle of evil for evil. Let God use your hurt for good. You see, forgiveness releases us from our grudge's control. Your grudge probably is controlling you. If you're still suffering from these things, it's keeping you away from things. It's probably controlling you. If you're not forgiving, you actually are being controlled. Release your frustrations, your pain, and give it to God. Give your grudge to him. Seek a relationship with God, focus on his plan, and trade the bad for good. Then hopefully you and hopefully I can see that God meant it for good. Let's pray. God, you are so good. And it truly is an honor to pray to be yours. Thank you that you long for a relationship with us, that you have already forgiven us and shown us how to forgive others. God, help us to see where we are holding on to a grudge and how it is poisoning our relationships. Help us to focus on your plan, to be agents for you, trading out bad for good, stopping the cycle. Help us to trust that you meant it for good. Amen. This podcast is a service of Bridgeway Community Church in Rockford, Michigan. Visit bridgewaycommunity.org for more information and other messages.